scripture that belongs to God's people. That he has already purchased it. Give it to us and we just have to walk in it. So thankful to be at this broadcast tonight. We want to welcome all of you to our broadcast. We're in a time of trouble. We all understand that. Days seem like they're dark. We're having earthquakes, storms, locusts, virus, economy. It's time like this is a time of troubles and problems. And people are looking for a hope and looking for a ray of light. But the gospel is a ray of sunshine that shines the good news into the darkness of this world, letting us know that even now, this gospel has a power that it always has. It is not weakened. It is not stopped. God's power is the same, the power of the gospel. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Nothing can stop the gospel. The iron curtain, viruses, sickness, disease, troubles, earthquakes, famine, it doesn't matter. The gospel is just as powerful as it ever was or ever will be. It has the same effect today that it's ever had. Amen. And we're so thankful that you're here and the ones that have come to the drive-thru. Thank you for coming, each and every one. And I pray that the Lord speak to our heart tonight and give us some peace, give us hope. For that's what the gospel is about, is hope and peace. Tonight my text is 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13. We want to read the word of the Lord. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. There is no such thing as a hopeless situation for those who will believe God. God has made a way. And that's what we're going to preach about tonight and talk about. Amen. What is impossible with man is still possible with God. He has no shortage of power. We find in Luke 18 and 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. God has already given us the answer for every situation and problem we'll ever face in our life. God has given us an answer for it. And that answer is prayer. Nothing can take the place of prayer. I've said a long time ago that prayer is a Christian's breath. If you stop breathing, you die. Prayer keeps life in you, the spiritual life and the power of God. The answer to revival is prayer. The answer to what situation you're facing regardless of what it is, is prayer. If you'll go to God in prayer believing, God has the power to turn situations around, change things, and make it work out for your better and your good. In Mark eleven twenty four, it said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. It's time for the church and America to wake up and realize the only answer we're going to have is God. And the way we're going to get that answer is to pray and believe God for the answer. When you pray, you have to pray in faith, believing that you're going to receive. 
And when you pray in faith, believing you're going to receive, that seed is planted that nothing can kill. Faith will never die once it's prayed in the prayer of faith that prayer lives on. Amen. Behold, he said in Isaiah 43 and 19, I will do a new thing. Now shall bring, shall springs forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God said, if you can believe me, I can put water in the desert. I can bring streams out. I can do whatever I want to do. But I'm looking for God's people to ask me and to believe. The answer to our problems is simply get down on your knees or sit down somewhere and shut everything out and begin to pray to God and believe. And when you pray, believe that he hears you and he is going to answer you. Prayer mixed with belief and faith will bring an answer every time. James said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And God made a way for all of us to be righteous in his eyes. He said in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, there's not a person walking the face of the earth that does not fail God. And the devil takes advantage of that failure and begins to browbeat them with it and push them down and say, God's not going to forgive you and God won't answer your prayers. But James said, confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you begin your prayer, you're saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's not a common name, it's a powerful name. But then you need to go and cleanse yourself and wash yourself by faith and confessing, amen, to God your sins and ask God to cleanse you of them. You become a righteous person. And James said once you have done this, the effectual, fervent prayer of that man or that woman is going to avail much. America, we need to pray. Church, we need to pray. We need to find a place in God and get alone and shut everything out but you and Jesus and begin to pray the prayer of faith and when you get up, believe that you're going to receive it. Many years ago, there was a story told about a time in a place where they farmed and there was a drought, no rain. And all the farmers got together and the churches got together and they decided they were going to meet at the church and pray for God to send a rain to that crop. One man got ready to leave his house. His wife and children were staying home. And he got, went in and he got a raincoat. And his wife said, what are you getting that raincoat for? He said, I'm going to pray that it's going to rain. And God's going to send a rain. It was told that when they met together and they began to pray that a miraculously a cloud came and began to water the earth to where that they could have their crops. You've got to make preparations for the answer of God's prayer. That's believing. Amen. We have an answer. God has already given us an answer to every situation we face and that is pray. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Amen. Don't faint. If you faint, you're helpless. You're defenseless. The enemy does what he wants to. When you drop your prayer life and you quit praying, you have spiritually fainted. You have no strength. The devil comes in breeding unbelief in your heart. He can do anything he wants because you're helpless. You're unconscious spiritually. <clears throat> and the devil will take advantage of you. <clears throat> in Luke 15 and 8 through 9, 
says, What woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, sweep the house, seek diligently till she find it, and when she hath found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. You know, that silver was money. It bought stuff. It was precious. And this lady had lost one piece of it and left her nine. There's a lot of spiritual applications you can go into, but I want to go into something different. Not about nine being the judgment and ten perfect commandments of God, but this woman is a type of the church. The church is typed as a woman. And this is the way that I get what's saying to us today. This woman had lost something valuable. She lit a candle. She swept the floor. She diligently sought it until she found it. The church has lost something valuable. That is prayer. Amen. We are losing our prayer time. We're losing our desire for prayer. We're just simply not praying like we should. Large churches have big numbers and few in the prayer room if they have hardly any. Amen. Church Christians need to spend more time in prayer and less in some of the other things. We have games at the church. We have cookings at the church. And the parking lot's full. Call a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday night prayer meeting and the parking lot is nearly empty. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we're going to fall into the time of Noah where they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. And yet there was nothing done or said about God and the things of God. They tended to the flesh and the desires of the flesh. If we're not careful, we will allow our flesh to destroy our prayer life. The coin was currency to buy what you needed. Prayer is God's spiritual money. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. You can take prayer, amen, to the bank of heaven and to the grocery stores of heaven and the miracle vaults of heaven and the healing of heaven and take that currency called prayer and buy and purchase your healing through faith in prayer of God and seeking him. If the church has ever needed the currency of God, we need our pocketbooks full, we need our hands full, and we need to start spending it and getting all of the currency and we can get from God that comes through prayer. We stack up in the bank, in the savings accounts and everything on this earth, but Jesus told that church of Laodicea, he said, Oh, you say you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but I see you. You're naked, you're wretched, you're poor, you're blind. You need to buy me gold tried in the fire. Folks, we need to start getting some of the currency of God. We need to start taking that currency that God has given us, the answer to our problems, which is prayer, and begin to pray over the sick and see God heal them and begin to pray over different things, our job situation, and God change it. Why? Because prayer is a currency of heaven. Prayer is what we purchase, what we get from God. A prayerless life is a weak life. It's a dead life. It receives nothing. But when you take God's currency and fall on your knees and begin to call on God in earnest and sincerity, it begins to purchase what you're looking for and you begin to believe that you're going to receive it. We need to find that coin. We need to clean our life. Amen. We need to sweep out our house. We need to get rid of stuff that shouldn't be be there 
Amen. And stop cluttering our lives up. We need to look diligently again until we find that burning red hot desire to pray. That longing to find the loneliness with God and talk to him. Amen. That desire to rush home from work and find a prayer room to pray to God. To go to the church all hours of the day and seek God and pray and use the currency that God had given us to produce and to receive what we have need of. There was a true story. I won't call names. It was a little town called Ware, Mississippi. When the depression hit in 1929 and the 30s, we were boys. We used to go look around stuff and we found an old trunk that was packed full of blank checks on the bank of Ware for 192 and a blank. We didn't take them. We didn't get them. We were just boys looking Amen. Seeing what we could see. And it was a place that was deserted and nobody lived there. We didn't know who lived there. No names on the checks. So we got to checking around and we found the true story behind that box full of checks. During the Depression, this family, <clears throat> I won't call their name, I know it. They, they would come to eat and the daddy would tell them, say, well, we got just enough to make this meal. We're just barely going to make it. We might not have nothing tomorrow. And it went on like this through the depression until this man passed away. When he passed away, his wife found out he was the largest stockholder in the bank. He had inherited everything that people lost had come to him, land and money that was in the bank, everything. He inherited it. He was a wealthy man. And yet, he had all that money and all that wealth uh, and let his family believe that they were paupers. This woman, they said, actually lost her mind when she found that out. Let me tell you, there's going to be some people that's going to lose their mind one day when they stand before God and find out they had a pocket foot pocketbook full of the currency of God and an opportunity and they never use it to get right with God. If you'll seek God for the Holy Ghost and believe Him, God will give you the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues. America needs a prayer meeting. The church needs a prayer meeting. God's church needs to have calluses on their knees. Amen. We need to get down and call on God and use this finance and this money that God has given us wisely in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. I'm telling you, God's church needs to pray like we have never prayed. I don't care if you just believe there is a God. You need to stop where you are right now and you need to talk to that God and tell him, I want to find that coin. I want it back in my life. I want it with the other nine. Praise God. I want to pray. I want to seek you. I want you to work and move in our life. Daniel was about 15 years old when he was carried into captivity. At the age of around 69 years old, he faced the greatest trial of his life. They told him not to pray. Daniel prayed three times a day. And they come around and said, you're going to have to stop praying. We may have social distancing. We may not be able to gather up in the church like we want to. But brother, nobody can stop you from praying but yourself. They made a law that any man that could not pray during that period trying to get him in trouble. 
But Daniel thought it more dangerous to cease praying for 30 days than it was to go in a den of lions. Let me tell you something. If you're living for the flesh, you'd quit. But if you're living for the world to come, you'll just keep on praying. It won't matter what situation happens. I can't go to church, but I can pray. God's right here just like he is inside that little building. Praise God. I'm going to pray and I'm not going to stop. And Daniel began to pray. And he prayed. And the Bible didn't say he opened his prayer window. His prayer window was always open. He went to his open prayer window. And he prayed three times a day. Just like he always did. So we need to keep our spiritual life in order. We're not able to gather together in fellowship like we'd like to. But my friend, we can fellowship in the spirit of Almighty God. We can get along with God and talk to Him. And Daniel, you know the story, how they cast him in with a, a den of lions. And in there the angel came and shut the lion's mouth. Why? Because Daniel at 15 years old consecrated to God. At 69 years old he was still praying three times a day. He was still believing God even though he was still in captivity. I'm telling you, don't tell me that something's stopping you from praying. The only thing stopping me from praying, this preacher right here, is me, this old flesh, praise God. The devil can't stop me. He can't stop me from praying. But I can stop myself from praying by listening to his lies, amen, and feeling like it's not working. Hezekiah in Isaiah 28 was sick unto death. And the prophet come and told him, said, set your house in order. You're going to die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to pray. Before the prophet got out of the court, God spoke to him and said, go back and tell him. I'm going to give him some more years on his life. Amen. He went back. Why? Hezekiah knew the power of prayer. There's been people all through the Bible we find that learned the value of prayer and the power that it had and that prayer was the answer they were seeking. He didn't seek out a bunch of other things. He turned his face to the wall and talked to the one that never makes a wrong prescription, that never makes a wrong diagnosis, that when he treats you, it always works. It's not a repeat, amen, of going back again. I'm telling you, our prayer life is currency to God. It's the answer to what we have. And it is what we need to do is pray, church. Pray. Praise God. You can pray riding down the river in your boat. You can pray riding down the road in your car. You can pray. But there are times that you need to set aside, especially for God, and put Him number one, and shut in your closet door spiritually, and cut everything off, and give God that total time, and not let anything else come between you and God. Find to pray down the road. That's good. And God will answer it. But it's better when you say, Look, I'm putting you first, God. I'm shutting everything down. It's me and you here. Praise God. You talk to me, and I I'll talk to you. Amen. We can do that and we can have the power of Almighty God to touch our land and to touch us. Paul and Silas was in jail. They didn't call for a lawyer. Hello? They didn't call the governor. Praise God at midnight. They began to sing and pray. Why? Because they knew the power of prayer. They knew prayer was the answer. What man could not do, God can do. 
Everything else may fail, my friend, but the prayer of faith will never fail. Jesus said it. If you ask it in my name, I'll do it. You can't show me a devil big enough to stop Jesus from doing what he's going to do. You can't show me a situation too tough for him. You can't show me anything that he cannot do. The only thing he can't do is lie. And the only thing he doesn't know is another God. Praise God, there's not but one God, and that one God never lies. But while they were in jail, they began to pray. The prayer sent an earthquake that set them free. Let me tell you, God will do what he's got to do to change your situation for it to be better. If it takes an earthquake, he'll send an earthquake. Whatever it takes, amen, my God will send it and bring it to you. When Peter was locked up in jail in Acts chapter 12, the Bible said the church was continually in prayer for him. Why? Because they knew the answer was prayer. If he was to come out of that alive, the church was going to have to pray. Oh, how different it would be today if the church would come together and begin to pray over situations and take one subject and pray about it all night long. And get a hold of God and see that work. And then pick another one later on and come together and spend that time in prayer. I'm telling you, amen, we're going to have to learn again and find that silver coin of prayer. Because silver represents redemption. And brother, that prayer is going to bring redemption into hearts and lives. If you pray and believe God, he'll redeem you. He'll touch you. He'll bless you. We need to use the currency of heaven more than we ever have. The apostle Paul was in a storm. And it was called Eurocladon, a bad storm. They thought they were all going to die. The apostle Paul went out in the ship and began to pray. Now I'm going to tell you, he wasn't praying for his life because he already believed God knew he had to stand before the king and testify. He knew if that ship went down, it didn't matter. If it come all to pieces, it didn't matter. If had need be, he'd walk on the water because God had already prophesied and told him, you're going to stand before that king and testify. So he knew he was all right. What Paul did was went down in the belly of that ship and began to pray with, for those that were with him and call out to God for them. Because when he finally came up, he said, this night there stood by me the angel of the Lord whose I am. He said, no man's life is going to be lost. I put all of you under a blanket of my prayers. I talked to the God of glory and the power of prayer said, if you'll stay on the ship and do what I tell you, you'll be saved. If you'll stay in the ship with Paul and do what he says, you'll be saved. And he found certain disciples at Ephesus and he said, if you receive the Holy Ghost since you believe. They said, we hadn't so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said, how were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. He said, no, John baptized with repentance, saying they should believe on him that should come after him. That's on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in Jesus' name. He laid his hand on them. They got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, about 12 of them. Get on Paul's ship and stay on it, and you'll make it, praise God. He has already prayed the prayer, amen, Jesus has, that we could be saved and we could make it into heaven. God honors prayer. 
God honors a prayer warrior. I'm sure most people under the sound of my voice tonight know of situations in their own life where the only thing that changed it was prayer. You know, people, your grandparents or great-grandparents or your parents, you know, situations in their life where that they prayed and God intervened and they give the glory to God knowing the only reason it happened because the Bible said, ask and you shall receive. If you never ask in prayer, you're not getting it. He's not out there with a basket just throwing everything around. He's going to give it to those that ask him. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. If you'll go to God with the currency of God in your hand and believe God, you'll come out with your basket full, praise God. Even I'm telling you, God has already given us the answer for every situation that we face and it's prayer. It doesn't matter if it's an Assyrian army that's coming against Hezekiah. He knew that army was much stronger than him. Sennacherib had power. He would wipe them out and they couldn't fight him in the natural. There was no way they could win. It was impossible. And what did he do? He sent runners out to get other nations to come help him? Absolutely not. He didn't ask for help from the outside world. He didn't ask for man's help. He went into the temple and he spread that letter down on the altar and he began to talk to God in prayer. Amen. And God sent a prophet that said, don't worry about it, Hezekiah. They won't even fire an arrow into this city. Brother, in one night, in one night, God sent one angel and slay 185,000. You tell me that my God doesn't answer prayer. He has a way to make it. They went home defeated. They had whipped every false God it was. But when they come to the true God, amen, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Almighty, when they got to him, honey, they didn't stand a chance. Hell cannot defeat my God. My God has already gone into hell and defeated him and took the keys, amen, away from him and stripped him of his principalities and powers and overcome them and put them under his feet. But we have got to pray. I'm begging. Pray. Myself. I have to make this old flesh sometime get down and pray. Get a hold of God. It doesn't want to pray. It'd rather be out somewhere playing. But my friend, prayer is important. It's not just prayer meeting. My God, hallelujah, prayer meeting. It's time to put the currency to work. It's time to go to heaven and buy from the bank of heaven the things we need. God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any perish. We're living in the long-suffering mercy of God right now. There's not much that needs to take place for God to take this church out of the world. I don't know anything that would stop God from rapturing the church. Except one thing, the long-suffering mercy of God waiting on a few more people to get in, a few more people to believe this message, a few more people to get a hold of prayer, and a church, amen, a Philadelphia church in the midst of Laodicea that lays aside the wealth of the world and buys the true gold of God and goes out evangelizing and reaching hearts and souls and realizing the power and the value of prayer. Now I'm closing with this. I was pastoring a small church 
This was several years ago. Over 40 years ago. And I went through an experience. It was a spiritual experience. I was tormented. I'd go to church and preach and feel the presence of God. And all night long, I would battle the devil, fight him. It took a year to come through that battle. But when we came through it, we came out stronger and better than what we were. Whatever experience you go through, you remember one thing. When you come out of it, you're stronger. You're stronger. It's like lifting weights. You start out small. and You keep lifting. After a while, you become stronger and stronger. And that's what happens in the spirit. Your test of your trials builds your spiritual muscles. Don't give up. Pray. Pray. The important thing in your life more important than a million dollars because that can't buy salvation is going to be to pray seek the face of God God bless you thank you for listening to our broadcast if you're in this area come by and see us Foxworth, Mississippi Oak Grove Apostolic Church Highway 587 may God give you a burden and a desire to pray more than you ever have in Jesus name Yeah.